Welcome back to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And we are so excited to dive into our spoiler discussion of Dominicana by Angie Cruz. So you have been warned. We'll say it one last time. This is going to have a lot of spoilers. We're not going to hold anything back. And they begin right now. Let's start with Anna's first kiss. I think I mentioned this in the spoiler-free episode, but how sensory of a writer Angie Cruz is, this moment sticks out to me so much Mm -hmm. with, like, the heat of the sun and the smell of his skin and the feel of the pool water and, like, this, like, skin on skin and all, like, and the the emotions that come with this moment, like, so vivid. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was, like, glued because she knows at this point, like, she knows this is her last day, right? And Mm -hmm. I feel like that in so many ways, I'm just, like, connecting this as I say it now, this moment with Gabriel is, is like, almost a mirror image or, like, I guess it's not really a mirror image as it is, like, a similar image to her and Cesar right before Mm -hmm. Juan comes back like they're it's like young Anna and then like later on after Anna has been through so much and she's really grown as a character but still that same this is the chance this is the only time I'm allowing myself to live because I have so many obligations and I'm like letting those fall to the wayside for just this moment so I can be here Mm -hmm. with you and like you said the way that Angie Cruz wrote this scene and afterwards when she goes home and she's so worried that like her mom will be able to tell that she kissed a boy and she looks at her lips and she's like they look flush they like look like I've been kissed like I feel transformed it was such a Lara Jean moment I guess it's true like this it was so pure and like it was so true of being 15 and having your first kiss and like being like, well, everyone's going to look at me and know. Like, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was so... And, like, I really appreciated it because, obviously, there's so much in this book that is not filled with those butterfly moments of joy. But we do know through this and through Anna's relationship with Cesar later on that she did have glimpses of love and um she did have those like teenage experiences yeah and I think I think yes and I also think that there was so much about choice here in Mm, this mm -hmm. in this book like choice is a great theme that kind of permeates every single page of this book you've got Anna constantly having to choose self over family love over sacrifice you know, future over present. There's so many choices that she makes every moment in these in this book. Like every chapter she makes another choice, you know, whether mm-hmm. to give Marisala her ring. Like there's mm-hmm. just so many moments where Anna has to think much more sophisticatedly and much more nuanced than any other 15-year-old girl I know about yeah. what choice she's making. Like she chooses to go with Gabriel and go to this pool and be alone with the boy that she's never been alone with a boy before like she chooses that because she says this is the last this may be the last time that I get to make a choice right because my so much of my future has been planned 
she acknowledges what is expected of her she's not passive in it like she's right yeah 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 she she it's almost like she she makes the choice to respect what is expected of her yes yeah with still allowing herself these so like nothing is really impulsive in a way Mm -hmm. um because she which is crazy because as 15 year olds all you are is impulsive yeah and I, i and i never found the the choices to be selfish yeah agreed yeah, she because even in that very beginning moment, she's like her like she her marriage has been planned, her future has been set out. She's leaving everything that she knows. She's leaving all of her friends. She's leaving her family. She's leaving the way of life that she's been accustomed to for fifteen years. She's leaving all of that for a new country with a man twice her age who is going to be her husband. Like, there's just so much in there the beginning of this book wrecked me just to set that stage up like I was just wrecked and I just all I wanted was for her to find happiness and she does and it's a in a way that is different than what I wanted but a way that was absolutely perfect yeah I I totally agree like the ending of this book, though, <laughs> for the two of us who've been reading a lot of romance, a lot of rom-coms recently, the end of this book may not have been what we wanted for Anna, but I think it became, like, her independence was established at the end, even mm-hmm. though, like, she's still married to Juan. She is still uh, finding... Uh, like she still helped like her her mother uh, and her brother Lenny fi- like are brought to the United States by the end but like they're still waiting for her other siblings still waiting for her father but Anna has this new I think that when I mentioned in the spoiler free episode the Anna's character arc from the very beginning to the end um, this this level of confidence that she has in herself I think it comes down to the fact that she did know that she had choices to be mm-hmm. made they may not be, they, they may look like, I think from our 2020 perspective, they seem like unfair choices. But I think at the time, and for Anna herself as a character, those choices were huge. Because it would have been, the, the, the easy thing would have been to run away to Boston with Cesar um, and raise their child as theirs instead of hers and Juan's. <laughs> I think I'll go to Boston. Oh gosh! Start a new life. It's like the whole time I was just like, "Wanna give in, give in." But in my mind, I was like, "I know that she's not going to." I knew the whole time that she was. I was thinking like, "There were not enough pages left." There, there. One, there were not enough pages left, and two, it was just like what we learned about Anna as a person. Yeah. Like I just thought, you know, I thought. There were, there were a couple moments where she was like, no, let me have this one thing. Let me, like, I'm done being this Anna. I want to be my Anna. I want to, like, I want to be Cesar's Anna. I want to, like, do things that make me happy and that don't, I don't have to worry about the consequences. And I thought, yes, girl, yes. <laughs> get yeah. the man. Get the happily ever after. But at the end of the day, I think that she does get a happily ever after. It's just she not does. the picture perfect bow on the end of this and I think that that I think if Angie Cruz had done this story any differently at that end it wouldn't have hold this wouldn't have held the same power that it does and yeah I'm I'm overall I'm very happy with the way it ended I just 
really was pushing Verona and Cesar to be together because I've been reading so many romances. <laughs> I mean, it's so hard not to because she works so hard. She is so, like, diligent and so, like... She gets herself to her, I think because we get to see Anna when Juan returns to the Dominican to, um, while the war is going on to defend their property there. And Anna has this month alone in the city and she gets herself into the English classes and Mm -hmm. she takes pride in her appearance. And, um, do you think that any of that has to do with when she finds out that she's pregnant And obviously, I think we hear from, I mean, neither of us have ever had children, but I know for a lot of women that there is this um, experience of grounding and a different sense of purpose that they've never had before. Um, So do you think that that sense of confidence is more linked to Juan leaving and her having that independence or that she finds herself feeling a greater sense of purpose while she's growing this new life and feeling like, okay, well now there's no turning back. I'm bringing a child into the world and this is what I was sent here to do. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I I definitely think that when Anna finds out that she's pregnant, there is a shift in her of realizing what I do for my life. Like she talks about how for so much of her life – her mother was making choices for her. Someone else outside of herself was making choices for her. And then mm-hmm. she says when she is pregnant that now this baby is making the choices for her. And so she, mm-hmm. I think there definitely is that. I think there's a sense of duty that stems from that. But I feel like Anna really did flourish because of Juan leaving. Like I think that that was – a able like she was allowed to step into her own identity the the beauty of a book like this is that it showcases the fact that gray areas do exist Mm -hmm. and Juan is not a good person but that does not mean he is a bad person Mm -hmm. um and that's something that's really difficult I think especially as women reading this because you see a hand raised against a woman especially a pregnant woman and you're Mm -hmm. just like what <laughs> and you feel you like literally feel Anna's fear like yes, the way that she steps yes. back like and because there's no quotation sometimes you're like wait is this a thought is this something that's being said mm-hmm. and you have to really like hone in on the the situation and there there's so many nuances and complications to this relationship that yeah. And I think Juan is really searching for love. And um, I think that's Anna, one of the saddest parts of this yeah. story is that Juan has someone he loves, that he's loved for years, decades, that he wants to be with this woman. And he can't because of a sense of duty to his family. And Anna finds love in Cesar, who is like the one person that like she can't be with right like Mm -hmm. and she wants to be with him but she can't because of duty to her family and so it's like there are these two characters that are together that are circling these other lives that they wish they could have and they can't act on it because of this 
there's something bigger than us here. There's something bigger than my wants and needs and desires. There's, you know, our families and our culture and like our future that we have to think of. Yeah, definitely. And um, like that's the thing, like he's, he is unfaithful to her. So like that's another thing where you're like, uh, okay, like this is not, but they, their relationship is almost like it, it serves them both in different ways. And obviously, like, we we hear a lot in the novel that Anna is very beautiful. And that's why Juan chose her in the first in the first place. She's a very beautiful woman. And I think that's, like, Juan is like, I want to make this work. <laughs> I want you to love me. And she doesn't really, she doesn't give in because I don't think that it's in Anna's nature to be dishonest. Yeah. So she never lies to him about it, which I think is, yeah, a really like something that's really interesting. She doesn't like she does say that she loves him, obviously, but I think like you do reach a point in like companionship where like there's love and there's love, you know, mm-hmm. um, and she finds love <laughs> with Cesar. Oh, does she find the love? But <laughs> anyway, love? speaking of dishonesty, um, Marcella. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I I had a lot of hope for Marisala in the beginning because I thought here on it like once again, let's remind ourselves. This girl is 15. Maybe she's yeah. 16. And alone. She's 15 and alone, and alone in a country where she does not speak the language. And she finally meets a woman who she feels like can be like part mentor, part friend mostly friend and just like someone that finally Anna can like speak to and and confide in I mean she tells her she's pregnant like there are things that like Anna just feels finally like a little bit like I can relax this is my home because I found a friend Mm -hmm. and do you think that Marisala was like taking advantage of her for the whole time or do you think that there came a turning turning point where she was like well I need my ring back like do you think she actually had friendship towards Anna or do you think it was a long con um that I like the cynic in me I'm like it was a long con but then yeah. like I just don't I feel like that is too simple of an answer for a book like this because the, like I, I I think that maybe she had hope going in that she could convince Anna to be on her team and to help her out. Mm-hmm. I think when she realized that she had the upper hand because she knew she knew a lot about Anna's secrets that she was keeping from her husband, um, she chose to manipulate that instead of like, I don't know. But because, you know, Anna was very clear, like she is brought up and Anna shuts it down. Yeah. So I think that Maricela very quickly, I think she probably went in having a few tactics to approach it from um, and then obviously reached this moment of desperation. So I don't know. I, I was a little bit confused by the when when Anna finally saw her again and mm-hmm. visited uh Maricela's home and Maricela was like what are you doing here you don't belong here um and it seemed like Anna had this a, a kind of a moment of peace over the situation where she realized that like Maricela was not the person that she thought she was yeah. so she wasn't really 
losing much by not having in her life. I don't know. What did you think about that moment? I agree. I also feel like at the end of the day, I think that Maricela did something wrong by Anna. But I do think that there was probably a reason that there was this external pressure that like her husband would have, you know, done something bad to her or she wouldn't have been able to recover. She would have lost something in some way had she not been able to get that ring back. And when we see Marisala and her husband later, I think that that kind of is even clearer to Anna. So just like Anna is fearful of Juan sometimes in his reactions, I think that that was probably very similar for Marisala. So I don't think that she was necessarily like vindictive in the way that she... I, I do think that she probably had some feelings and friendship towards Anna. I think that she had to get the ring. And I yeah. don't think that she's a bad person. I think that it sucks that that had to, like, she had to do that to Anna. But it, it you know, so many moments in this book are you have to do what you have to do to survive. And I feel like yeah. Anna had definitely had peace at the end of the story, like at the end of this with Marcella. I think so too. And I think that that was ultimately more important to me as a reader than what like caused it you know yeah um because I think I said to you before we started recording I was like it made me so mad because I saw it coming a mile away Mm -hmm. and I was like no 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 like Anna you're like it's not even like you're smarter than this it's just that like well she's 15 she's She's 15 but she's so like like when she has that moment of debate where she's like no, you cannot have the ring. Like, I don't know anything about Juan's, uh, like, the, the code to get into the safe. Like, I don't even know where to find it. And then she listens to Marisala and hears more, like, the anguish in her voice. Like, she can't help but feel empathy towards her because mm-hmm. she's, she, she understands. I completely agree. And that Anna then just made up for that money. Like, she, yeah. she like gave away her money to make it so that Juan didn't take didn't ever find out mostly what Anna did but like also what Marisala did so it's like uh, yeah I think again another moment where you see it coming a mile away maybe it's because we're a reader and we're meant to or maybe it's because we're older than Anna and Anna's supposed to be a little naive about oh yeah I'll come back I'll come back even though there's no longer the leverage that makes me need to come back like you see that, but then you also do see that Anna still is making, like, sophisticated choices and, like, selfless choices in that moment, yeah. even after she's been so wronged. And she says – so she is – collect. so she's – her mother writes to her constantly about sending money home, sending necessities home to them. And she never wants to ask, even though, like, it was supposed to be Juan's duty as the husband, and that's why they chose him – or why they pushed for the engagement between Anna and Juan. Anna does not like asking for things from him. So she is doing odd jobs here and there. And she puts all the money in a, like a doll that she calls Mm -hmm. her Dominicana. And so we see, obviously that's the title of the book. We know what like Dominicana um, means, uh, the word itself, but it means so much more. Yeah. Within the scope of the novel. That was one of my favorite 
threads throughout this book and i was reading in her author's note she talks about how i don't think this was the original title or someone had suggested that this be the title probably because there are all these like little it's this this thread throughout the whole story of what dominicana can mean in a variety of different contexts and yes it's a doll that she holds this money and then it's um when she talks about her sisters she uses dominicana to refer to them and i think one of the points that just like i don't know hit me hard is when cesar calls her Anna Dominicana and it's just like Mm. oh gosh like there's so much joy in those words and then there's so much freedom that is held in that word through the doll and when her and when her and Cesar are um what did we say earlier when she's finding love finding love (laughs) she the Dominicana is like turned away (laughs) yeah I have a friend who um she lives in Hell's Kitchen, which is, like, uh, the 50s in Midtown. Um, so, like, between – this means nothing to you, but, like, between, like, 12th and 8th Avenues yeah, in the 50s. I- I'm nodding. I totally know what this means. Okay. <laughs> but it's, like, in the heart of Midtown. Like, the heart of – not far from Times Square. It's, like, the mm-hmm. heart of New York. Um, but she has a little lamb, like, statue that she places in her window – and she has a neighbor across the way who also has a lamb. And on the first day of spring, they both turn them out oh facing God. each other. And they've never spoken. She's never seen this neighbor on the street. They just, on the first day of spring, and then and then on the first day of uh, autumn, they turn the, the lamb inside, like, facing inside their apartments. But on the first day of spring, they face outside. Um <laughs> I love that so much. That's such a New York story. It's, yes. (laughs) Um, But, like, I don't know. Like, I was really satisfied with the end of this book. Like, even though, like we said, like, Juan is unfaithful. He's in love with this woman named Carrie Dodd. And we see their letters back and forth. And he obviously loves her. And, like, he, he begs for something of her that smells like her when he's far away. And obviously like in a perfect world it's like okay like why don't you guys go be together and like let Anna and Cesar be together like let there be that happiness but I think that like the weight of the times weighs too heavily on Juan and Anna and they know that they made a commitment and they're they're sticking to that commitment I like to hold on to the moment like one of my favorite parts of this book is when it's going to start off sounding like wow Ashley you're so morbid is the part with the obituaries Mm -hmm. and it starts off really somber because Anna is searching the American newspapers for any mention of the war in the Dominican Republic because her brother had just died and she wants to see if there's anything in there about him and she circles the word you know, she sees Dominican in the newspaper and then she reads it and this is like celebrity who's from the Dominican Republic who like died in a car crash. There's nothing about the war and it's just so detached from the reality in which Anna understands the world to be and it just shows you how American newspapers like are so insular. They only care about domestic things and, and, and maybe less important things than what's going on in this in the greater world beyond us and so she sees this and she's like this is not right and so cesar says well why don't you write 
an obituary, like write an article for your brother. Mirror it after this one that you saw in the American newspaper and write her own. And she writes this like really elaborate story about how big Yanni lived and how great his life was. And Cesar says like, you have quite the imagination. And she says, well, if I'm going to write this, like I'm going to write it big and I'm going to imagine this big world for him because it's so much better than the reality. And then she writes an obituary for Cesar after he's lived like a long, long life. He asks her like, Mm -hmm. "Write, write me one for in the future. And it's just so um, full of hope and potential and just like, oh, it just made me smile from ear to ear. And Cesar says, you you think that highly of me that I can do all that in my life? And she's like, yes, of course. And we can Mm -hmm. do it together. And so at the end, I just was thinking about that. And I was thinking that, you know, Anna is going to go on with her life and it may never involve Cesar again. It may, she may find love with somebody else and establish a life in America and raise her her daughter and raise future children to be Dominican women that um, are thriving in America and like she may find that and like but there's still this like this little thread out there in this world of this alternate future for her and Cesar yeah oh i love that the alternate future yeah i think that it's so that is so relatable um because i think we all have to like you know the what ifs and all of that my favorite part of the book was like i said the ending when she returns to the um the bodega Mm -hmm. where where juan took her for the first time and she gets a free chocolate bar and he was like you're too beautiful, don't come back here again because the the man who owns the bodega and works there is, like, hitting on her, basically. And she returns to that bodega with her mother who, when her mom finally comes to America, even though she she talked it up and... She talks so a big game. <laughs> yeah, and then comes and she's terrified. It's loud. It's busy. It's dark. It's so different mm-hmm. from this, like, home life on, like, a farm where they came from. And... She takes her mother there and she confidently has the money to buy three chocolate bars. She doesn't have Mm -hmm. to get it for free this time. And she, like, I don't know. I just, I thought it was, like, the simplest high note to end this book on. Yeah. Like, without being, like, she lives happily ever after with the love of her life. It was, like, she, she, she's gonna be okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. I'm so glad we read it. I'm so glad we finally read it. I'm so glad we read it together. Um, and I'm so glad we were able to discuss it with all of you. Yeah, I'm really, really glad that we read this. And it's going to be a book that I think about for a long time coming. Um, if you've already read this book then and you didn't listen to the spoiler-free episode, we suggest going back and just listening to the tail end of that where we throw out some Instagram um, handles of people who have written really great reviews on Dominicana that have valuable things to add that are much um, probably more eloquently stated than anything that Phoebe and I said other than gushing for like 30 (laughs) minutes. Um, So check that out and also stop by Reader List It Pod on Instagram to share your thoughts on today's episode there. And make sure to leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to Read It or List It so that you never miss an episode because we'll be back next week 
to wrap up our History Huh series. And you can also find our individual reviews for Dominicana on our websites, readandwrite.com and shelflovebookblog.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at readandwrite and at underscore shelflove underscore to find out how you can be a part of Read It or List It. We are always over there having a lot of fun. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at Read It or List It Pod. All rights reserved 2020.